0: There's never been a time where all the fundamentals of real estate have been so readily available, whether it's sheer gold or vegan or woodwood, it's all available there to get the skill set. And most agents now have the skill, but typically it's more about the connection and how they're feeling and how do we help them to close deals, how is the support structure going for your agents.
1: You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how ConnectNow can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean.
2: Hey, hey everyone, it's Sam here. Today we're going to revisit a conversation with a pretty dynamic duo behind an award-winning real estate agency. When I last did a big interview with these guys for the cover of the September 2016 issue of The Mag, they are making waves with their unique approach and with some strong core values. Since then, they've faced some significant challenges and uncertainty, but have not only managed to survive, but thrive. And this year, well and truly back on top, winning the prestigious REA Group Agency of the Year Award. Of course, I'm talking about Alex Owens and Nathan Cassley of Owens Cassley Real Estate. So Alex, Nathan, welcome to the show. Thanks,
0: Sam. Thanks, Sam. Great to be here. See you.
2: Absolutely. Well, firstly, congratulations on winning the big gong. It's like the gold logie of the real estate industry, I think, winning that area for Agency of the Year. How do you feel?
0: It's quite humbling if we're brutally honest about it. We went to quite a few awards, as lots of agencies do, and sometimes you expect recognition and sometimes you don't have an expectation. Yeah, this one in particular, just the group, the realestate.com group, number of agencies that enter it was really just going along and enjoying the night and as the introduction came out started looking at a few other people thinking this sounds a little bit like us and it was probably a little bit dear in the headlines going up in, in the awards so very humbling uh, it does give you a chance to reflect and say so, yeah actually we're doing some really good things as a business and a company and yeah, it gives you some satisfaction that what you believed in, like back to 2016, we were talking previously, like what we believed in then, yeah, some recognition that just to stay the path, because as a leader, yeah, it's hard to stay the path and you question yourself and you challenge. There's other different ideas, just to have that recognition that, yeah, for us and our business, we're on the right path. Very grateful. What I love most about the award, Sam, we've submitted before, didn't win, and there's this correlation this year. Correlation was I didn't work at all in the last twelve to eighteen months, and we won the award. So uh, whether that's saying something about I'm always in the way, messing everything up, or hopefully the narrative that we did give for the award was that our new shared leadership model stepped up, and that's why we had such great success. So I'm going to say it's the latter. Mm. (laughs) It's uh, I guess uh, it had been a tough sort of twelve to eighteen months. Just really briefly, I've got three kids and. Six year old son who was four at the time had an um, advanced cancer diagnosis. So Nathan, a great business partner and my best mate, said take as much time as you need. Fortunately, now two years later, he's got the all clear, no detectable cancer anymore. But um, certainly that journey, you do reevaluate what's important in life and very grateful for Nathan and the team stepping up and allowing myself and the family time who are our son, and we get back on top of those things. The team that might be listening, um, very very grateful to the industry that reached out and wrapped their arm around us and our family. I'll be eternally grateful. So thank you.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing story actually because I think, you know, I look at you guys as a business and just I was such an admirer of the business back in 2016. I mean, you were coming off the high of taking at ARIC and, think your revenue had grown from like zero to 10 million in a very short space of time but I think it's also just sometimes people look at those sorts of stories and think that'll never happen for me or that everything's perfect on the outside but you know like a few years after that as you just said you went through your own family crisis but I'm interested to know what impact did that have on the business and on you particularly Nathan?
0: Well very significant because you take out a founder and a core player in the business, a core leader. Like our model had always been joint leadership, the O and the C and the Nathan and Alex model. And we're very similar in terms of like where we want to go and how we want to get there. But like most partnerships, you bring different skill sets. so uh, It is a bit of a yin and a yang, and one plus one adds three, sometimes five, sometimes it equates to ten. So you take away one of the ones, it yeah, has a lot bigger impact Impact and yeah, it's not replaceable. In some aspects, it is. A lot of aspects, it's not. Because as a business owner and a founder, you definitely probably have a lot of passion. That's why you are a business owner. Like you're not just an employee. So it has significant impact. And then as a joint business owner, like we went into business ownership jointly, and that's what we enjoy, and that's what we believe works really well for us. So then when you're lone wolf, it might be the lone wolf. Otherwise. Got a guy and started to see real estate, so uh, (laughs) very significant from a business point of view, but then just as a makeshift and caring for family and you've got your own kids and it's another level of significance,
2: isn't it? Absolutely. So they say that often there are things in your environment that you don't have control over and we hear it all the time in real estate. There are things that you can't control and there are things that you can. So I guess what you guys did is you did control the things that you could very well. What sort of things did you focus on to get the business through that
0: period? It's interesting (laughs) that you say that, Sam, because one of the first things that I went to personally when my son got diagnosed was actually a lot of the learnings that we've had through the awesome speakers and conferences and so on at ARIC and these various different conferences that we've seen over the years, and you kind of reflect back to almost crisis management and how do you control your actions, you can't always control the events that get thrown at you, but you control the way that you react to those events. And I've pretty quickly picked up the old book um, by Viktor Frankl, A Man's Search for Meaning, and a couple of the old Stoics or the classic, just to revisit my fundamental core beliefs uh, and you know, the Ryan Holiday book, um, The Obstacle is the Way, a couple of others, just to really reground myself and say, look, you know, life is a journey and this is going to be one chapter in the journey, and don't let one event be the determination of our lives. I went on my path, Nathan went on his path, and again, I'm really grateful that Nathan, they allowed us all the time to create my own very important strategic plan to get my son well. He had a very unique cancer diagnosis, so I had to travel around the world to find the leading experts in his type of cancer. ended up in Minnesota for six weeks and various other places I, in fact, I had to try to remove the emotion and then create a strategic plan and then operationalize that plan. And then at the same time, Nathan was doing the same thing at OC. So we had to, I guess, try our best to remove emotion in a highly emotional situation, make sure that we look after all our key stakeholders internally at OC as well. And that's paramount that the O and the C, we've got our duty and obligation to make sure that all of our team feel protected and stable. You know, our role is to make sure we've got the best prospecting, listing and selling environment for our agents. But as we're in this kind of marketplace where it's tight on listings and getting, you know, much more expensive to live, we wanted to make sure that we provided an environment for our agents where they also felt safe and supported and so on. So this is probably where I can hand to Nathan on the things that he had to put in place to make sure that the business was going to come through this. Yeah, well, the first one, probably back to your question, Sam was going into that stoic, I can control everything. I'm a self-professed, now perfectionist. So unfortunately, I had to learn the hard way that there's certain things that you can't control and putting on the stoic, brave defence build mechanism through this process is where I defaulted to. That was how I've been brought up. That's what I've grown up doing. That's probably helped me get to where I am. There's certain crisis or waves or... Highs and lows of a roller coaster that are just too overwhelming. So really the ability to move forward only occurred when vulnerability was able to be shown. Because before that whilst I thought the sowing nature was going to be a benefit to our business, it actually started to probably create some barriers between the leadership and the team. And there's lots of books and podcasts and learnings around today's society, the benefit of being vulnerable in leadership, and it was really once, I started to learn about that vulnerability. Then I suppose the floodgates really opened up about jointly coming up with a leadership plan and a model, and together as a business, we can move through this. So the best summary I've been able to give to people is, when we started the business in 2014, it was a Nathan Malik Show. I and mean, any true business stands on its own two feet, whether the founders are in it or not. See, we were forced to move from the Alex and Nathan show to OC as the business. And it wasn't really until we got into that headspace that the business actually stepped in and operated like any business should be able to do you know, without a key one or two people. So that was the significant piece. And then yeah, there's plenty we can talk about well, what were the operational things we could implement. But first and foremost, we couldn't come up with a plan or implement it unless we were prepared to show some vulnerability.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting because as leaders, I'm probably of a certain age as well where you sort of feel like you can't really show emotion even though you're going through a really shit time or the the, the worst of times. How hard is it to kind of let go of the exterior and go, actually, I do need help?
0: Yeah, as as a perfectionist, you can't. The only thing that assists you to do it is getting a great big smack in the face of a really significant crisis that breaks your heart. That's the only way. That could work for me, others I'm not too sure. But, yeah, with vulnerability, you're just forced into doing it and forced into adapting and learning, which is life. it's life, isn't it? Like anything we try to get better at is normally a sort of a moment in time where we're forced to adapt and improve. COVID was a really good example. We had great learnings out of COVID. We were able to implement a lot of things in our business off the back of COVID that we've been trying to implement for five or six years, and all of a sudden within five or six weeks we were forced to implement it we couldn't physically be available at properties or meeting with our team. Very similar. Unfortunately, sometimes just a curveball forces you to adapt.
2: Yeah. So you said that you came up with a three-year strategic plan. I think that was Alex, you just said that a minute ago. What were some of the things that you put in place to get you from where you were then to back on top where you are now?
0: So, yeah, we've always been very structured with building out a three-year strategic plan, reviewing it then operationalizing it. But I guess, you know, this last sort of 18 months or so, it was probably a bit more of a pivot to let's just make sure that we look after everyone and everything that we've currently got the best we possibly can rather than looking for further growth. And in the end, it was probably very beneficial for our business in the sense that in that same period of time, we just brought on a new CEO and COO who... Effectively, we then promoted and gave them the opportunity to rebuild a lot of the systems and structures in the business that worked for about 70 or 80 people, but we're starting to get a bit wobbly at 120, 130 people. So we kind of took it as an opportunity as a holding and mini internal rebuild. Um, so then coming out the other side now, I think you mentioned it off the earlier that we're in a really retreat coming up, that we're in a really interesting sort of, I guess, era in the real estate climate and in many industries where there's this consolidation occurring as a result of increasing costs of doing business and a reduced number of listings on the market, as well as investors leaving the market, so rent rolls topping in a little bit. There's a bit of a perfect storm that's come on the back of those sunny days that we had for quite a few years during the, uh, the COVID boom, um, and that's broad. A fresh set of opportunities now that, as Nathan said, the key players are back in the business. We've done our mini rebuild and we're back ready to go. So we've acquired two businesses just in the last sort of six months and got a couple more that we're just in the middle of settling on now. I guess the reason why we see it as an opportunity to buy some other businesses is to be able to help that other business owner, help them achieve their goals and dreams, which has typically been enough's enough. I'm sick of wearing all the hats. Well, my business didn't get quite the scale that I wanted it potentially. Now, I just really want to try to buy a bit of time back in my life. And equally for us, we've built a system and infrastructure where we can readily bring on board small to medium-sized business and really look after that client base on scale and really nurture that business. And that also helps our agents with more leads off the rent roll and so on. So we're seeing this as a great opportunity, this marketplace to bring on board like-minded culturally aligned, values-aligned businesses to help us to achieve our three-year goal but also help others to potentially just wind back a little bit and get a bit more balance into their lives. So an example could be like a a small operation with two or 300 properties on the rent roll and the owner has found themselves listing, selling, CEO, CFO, HR, I'm the janitor, you know, kind of doing everything here and my, my margins are being squeezed. So they can kind of come on board to OC, earn more money, get a lot of time back, and then they can add culturally typically to our business from a leadership perspective and our sort of shared leadership model. So it's um, yeah, it's an exciting time in the industry. You know. And it's probably then <clears throat> like the role of the business owner in today's society, if we just focus on real estate, that there's probably three spaces the business owner moves in or moves between and what the employee and the sales consultant is looking for. The first one is the strategic leadership and innovation and new tools. Then the second one is just the day-to-day running of the business, whether you're in real estate or not, finance, P&Ls, making sure people get paid, leases are paid, and there's enough toilet paper in the toilets and, you know, all all those things, employment agreements. And then the third component is coaching your sales team. So, It's really hard to be a specialist in all three of those roles. So the evolution of our business and over the last couple of years has enabled Alex and I to sit in the strategic leadership innovation space, introduced a CEO for the second component, which is the running of the day-to-day business, and then we've introduced sales managers in each of our offices to do the day-to-day one-on-one coaching And that, we think, is quite a unique model in the South Australian market in particular. So no matter which office you're working at at OC, you've got core founders who are involved in the business and doing the strategy and the innovation and the new ideas and the connectivity. You've got a highly skilled CEO who's got an operational team that's running the business, keep the doors open. And then you've got a day-to-day go-to one-on-one coach that can help with your sales business. So, yeah, the evolution following what Alex said, enable us to get to that position, which we're seeing significant performance on the back of. And then from that, we're getting business owners who are looking to tap into that, give up the business ownership, don't need to worry about the strategy and innovation. I can connect into your systems, your processes, and I can listen to a real estate. I think we work out over the years that it's the sales agent that's probably getting the best remuneration in real estate and not the, not the business owner.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the other part in
0: that, Sam, is with the third tier that Nathan was talking about, probably first, so the connectivity part from Nathan and my perspective to the innovation strategic part of the business, but then the leadership of the sales team. Uh, I was listening to Mark Boris interview um, a from the lady's name, but she was very well regarded in the HR space and, Just the changing dynamic of what employees want now, and they want more time with their leader. They want to connect at least once a week for fifteen or twenty minutes and check in and review how they're going, what improvements can be made, two-way feedback on how the business is going. So several years ago, we went about building a learning management system where we, you know, got all the key fundamentals of real estate recorded for all our cadets to learn the process of real estate, but There's only so much you can do digitally to connect with people. You can build a business on scale and just say sort of good luck and off you go, but often then you end up with a business where you've got four or five kind of outliers that are really high performers and then you get a whole bunch of people that are maybe struggling a little bit and you've got this gap in between. So unless you invest in the leadership in the business to be able to unblock the blockages, be there for people, put an arm around them, because there's never been a time where all the fundamentals of real estate have been so readily available, whether it's um, sheer gold or vegan or goldwood, and it's all available there uh, to get the skill set. And most agents now have the skill, but typically it's more about the connection and how they're feeling and how do we help them to close deals? How is the support structure going for your agents? And, and obviously there's an investment in doing that, but you know, the return in that investment is you have people that are loyal, they stay with the business, and you're getting the best out of them as well. So, yeah, that's really been a benefit, I guess, in you know, what was a terrible event that occurred a couple of years, but it really pivoted our business to say, well, I'm not the only one that goes through shit, you know, and I'll never be arrogant enough to think or say that what our issue was was better or worse than someone else's issue. We were all going through stuff, and it feels like that it's more and more these days. So having that support for our team is something that, that I'm really passionate about. A mental health level on a a physical health level, anything that we can do to help our team. Because we spend so much time in the workforce, and in real estate, it's a a seven-day-a-week gig often. So, how do we make the best possible environment to support our people in that third third tier?
2: Yeah, it's interesting what you just said then, because it's something I've observed myself is that the real estate industry is drowning in content at the moment. Like we're looking at ways that we can sort of cut through and do different things. And you just mentioned it there with. The amount of training that's available now is incredible and I've never seen anything like it and the amount of events out there, I've never seen anything like it again. So if information is kind of like the entry level for an agent at the moment, what separates these days the best from the rest?
0: In terms of
2: sales? Performance, yeah.
0: It's just consistency and discipline. Whether one way works over another can be argued, but I think sometimes it's actually just Picking a method and just being consistent and disciplined and repeating that over and over. And the dialogue and the saying is often you don't need to be great. You've just got to be there. And I think the challenge for a lot of agents is they're just not there because they're caught trying to change plans and come up with different bits and pieces. I mean, you know, the ARICs, for example, we got into real estate in 2007 and they go to our, our first ARIC and you go to the ARIC, this year and all the arics in between. And if you just broke it down and say, what are the big key rocks? Well, they're pretty much saying the same things as they were in 2007. It's face-to-face, lots of phone calls, customer service. There's software and technology that will assist you to deliver the service, but it still comes back to referral repeat business and, and being face-to-face with people, doesn't it? Yeah, Sam, I think, you know, Nathan, that's you know well articulated and just to add to that, Sam, what you said, there's so much content out there, there's so much distraction and we all get distracted. You know, how often do you find yourselves on, on the phone, back on social media and going, when the hell did I even open that app? Like, you know, We're all guilty of it and it's the agents who can block out the noise and be consistent with those key tasks, which is just you know, prospecting it's good listing presentation, a 9 out of 10 listing presentation. And it's about, you know, when you're selling a property, being able to get it sold within three weeks. And they're the three key things that we work really hard to try to block out that noise for our agents. If an agent approaches me for some coaching, and normally they've got two or three things that they're worried about, either oh, the competitor's doing a social media campaign or, you know, like my listing kit is matte, it's not glossy, you know, these types of things. And then without trying to sound uncaring about the issue because it was actually something that was blocking them, I could probably sit down with them and and actually run through in 10 minutes four or five things that they should focus on first to improve their, you know, how many phone calls have you made, what type of phone calls are you making, let's have a listen to those. Who's on your top 20 next people about to come onto the market list? I haven't updated that list for a while. And we're all guilty of it and that's where coaching comes in and there's no athlete that has ever conquered their sport that doesn't have a coach, you know. So I think, you know, when you're hanging around with leaders in the industry, everyone's got a coach or a mentor or an accountability partner and the agents that are accountable to someone, they're the ones that tend to be the ones that are the most successful.
2: Yeah. Actually, I'm going to come to that in a second because that was a big story that we did in the magazine where you guys were on the cover. So, I'll come to that in a moment because I've got some rapid fire questions there just to update us from 2016. So, I just want to talk about the areas for a moment. So, obviously, in your business leadership is a definite X factor because, you know, like I can hear in the way that you talk about your team and I can hear in the way that you invest in pretty much everything that you do is about the people that work for you. And so, that's a definite X factor. But, what are some of the other Little x factors that you have, because I do remember back from 2016, you guys were into everything. Like you're into social media, and you were into all the Google stuff early on, and you were like into everything. So, what are some of the things that differentiate you guys for agents when they're in a listing presentation right now?
0: When we look back on it, and the, you know, the last it's that being the best part of 10 years, we could probably have a whole podcast on all the things that we've screwed up, and that would probably be a pretty we probably learn more. The listeners probably learn more out of that. If you take them. enough shots, Sam, eventually the ball will go in.
2: <laughs> I feel you're on that.
0: we probably, you know, tried too many things. And I was just laughing with Paul Curtin from Place about it. And He did do a presentation to us once about all the things that he tried. And he said, I'm just going to shortcut this for you guys. Like, don't do this, don't do this. And he clicked through it all. And I love the uh, self-effacing nature of the, the presentation, but... I guess we try to then say, what are the key simplified things that our agents need Um, moving forward? Um, An example of something that we've introduced just in the last 12 months is like a digital subscription service or DSS, um, as we call it, where effectively, you know, if we've got 40 or 50 agents, rather than all running off getting different social media suppliers, doing their own marketing and so on, we've just provided a platform where they can just tap into. Us doing all their marketing on their behalf, so they can just set and forget marketing, digitally, letterbox drops, you know, database phone calls. So really, just like a three tiered package system. You know, the the Netflix entry level where you see all the ads, or you know, a mid range one. So that's something that uh, our agents have really enjoyed us taking that away from them and being able to just uh, really focus on the key task again, which is just connecting with their clients and knowing that there's a machine that's in the background just ticking over and making sure that their face is getting in the front of, you know, all their database and making sure that what's going out is on brand standard and adding value. Making sure that when we touch upon our clients that there's something in there that adds specific value to where they are in their customer journey. So that's also something that we're working really hard on at the moment is trying to get our database to the point where that race, I guess, to use AI in order to be able to separate out your database so you're communicating with them at the right frequency with the right information at the right time with the right workflows. So, yeah, just really, really focusing on using our leverage and scale as a corporate-owned office that we can then provide that to all five of our offices and then down to our sales managers who then implement it. And that's probably my last point that I'll make is All of these things are about implementation. And then when we brought on the right people in the implementation department, these projects have just accelerated from a score of probably six or seven out of ten qualities an hour, world-class nine out of ten because we brought on out-of-industry professional implementers of projects. So they weren't, I guess, blinded by old industry thinking and they also had a track record of being able to take a project from inception to delivery, roadshower, it. each different person in our team has different learning styles. So whether it's a tutorial environment, one-on-one environment, and making sure that we beta test something first before we roll it out to the company, all of those kind of things that a professional services firm would do that we probably didn't do as well you know, five, seven years ago where, again, it wasn't a shared leadership model. It was Nathan and I just trying to do everything. So we brought on that team to implement um, those key projects we probably couldn't afford it at the time but yeah funny thing is you invest in great people and then they pay themselves back tenfold so it was the best investment that we made all
2: right well let's wrap it up with a few rapid fire questions because um what i like to do is now that we've been here for a while too as the lead agent we circle back with people and find out how they're going and all the rest of it it's been great to do that with you today but Times change in real estate, but the cover lines on a print magazine don't. So I'm going to pick a couple of cover lines off the magazine that you are on, and hopefully you're going to be able to give agents some 2023 updated advice. So are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. So one of the headlines was Seven Steps to Improving Your Confidence. If I'm not confident, what's your best advice?
0: Be vulnerable. Yep. Alex? Build your A team. So, you know, Think about what's important to you in your life, separate it into some different buckets. You can Google Zig Ziglar's Wheel of Life. That's an example of getting your life into five or six different categories and just write down two or three things in each category that you can do in the next couple of months to get yourself up a little bit in each category. And Funny enough, when you work on each thing, like it's a relationship at home or whether it's you know, your personal finances, all of a sudden, when your life's feeling a bit more in control, your confidence
2: goes up. Okay, here's the next cover line. And I think we've already talked about it, actually, is what helps you to earn more? It was a survey that we did of all the people that attended ARIC, and we found that the thing that makes you earn more in 2016 was having a coach. And I think, Alex, you might have just said that just about 10 minutes ago. But, Nathan, do you want to add anything to that? What does yeah. help you earn more? Just
0: give and help more people, that sort of mindset. That the more people you help and the more that you give, the greater you get in return. But just continue to help more people. And if you help more people in real estate, you win more business, if you win more business, you make more sales, you are better. Um, yeah, that would be mine. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing, <laughs> but <laughs> so I'll go with maybe the other side. If earning more is about building your wealth, then maybe spend less so get a finance coach.
2: Yeah. Well, after having a coach, the other things that help people learn more according to this survey were 5 a.m. club, have set goals, practice scripts and dialogues, 10 appraisals a week, maintain a hot pipeline list, sleep for 6 hours a night and 3 hours per day on prospecting and invest as much as you can in marketing 10k or more per annum. Do you think any of that needs a 2023 update?
0: Very much the same.
2: So, apart from AI, not much has changed.
0: Yeah, you can uh, go and chase the squirrel through the park looking for the, the 2023 answer, or just go to the proven roadmap and stick with that.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, this one's a good one, I think, because you guys are into this, but we ran a story called Is the Social World Getting Closer to the Listings World? So, people were starting to include a social component in their vendor paid budgets. You've got something called OC First now, or something, don't you, that actually sort of that on steroids?
0: Yeah, it's, it's our off market platform. I think the benefit of being at the size we're at, we do touch a lot of different market segments across South Australia with the number of agents. Obviously, we can build up a really good buyer database. And then our database is open. So the system ensures that the buyers that are put in are sent properties just based on their criteria from. OC, the brand, but attach is the agent that's actually got the relationship with them. So, yeah, that's working really well in the marketplace in terms of getting the buyers properties before they get launched onto any portal or any newspaper. But I think the biggest point of difference we're hearing from buyers is we're able to target properties according to the buyer's requirement. You go back in 2016, yeah, we would just send all buyers all properties that's actually not that helpful for buyers and comes across as spam. So now, yeah, our buyers probably get less content from us, but it's just relative to the properties that they're interested in. Yeah, that work, that's working really well. And this isn't a knock on the franchise groups um, at all, but I guess benefit of having five offices and with the shared database is, um, we just looked at the figures this morning, in our sort of weekly sales huddle. And, yeah, we're averaging sort of 700 buyers a weekend through our opens. Half of those are new buyers each week. So you know, the accumulation of that is for a, an agent in a tight listing market, they can offer a service to a potential seller to say, look, you know, if we can get your premium price, well, above market price, off market, would you be, be a seller? So we're, we're getting more traction from that. As far as social media uh, marketing goes, uh, still an interesting space, isn't it? When people want to look at real estate, They speak to real estate agents, so they go to realestate.com. So I've sort of still never fully immersed myself in wanting team to do a trackload on social media because, again, at the risk of it looking like spam, we are probably not massive supporters of overly doing social media. It's probably picking up passive buyer space that probably in 2016 we would have spoken a lot about in terms of print media, picks up that passive buyer They're interested in property, but they're probably not doing as much research and being specific in terms of price or suburb while we're still believers in, uh, well, I'll reverse that. We're believers in finding all buyers. So there's the active buyers, um, there's the more passive emotional buyers that might buy if the right place comes along. So we think print media and the social media probably sit in that sort of passive buyer space because we're still finding the most active buyers set up on OC first, and they're set up on, on the key portals to get their immediate alerts.
2: Yeah. Okay, final cover line. And this happened to be a story that trended for months, if not years for us. And it was driven by Jed Xavier, actually, called How to Beat Call Reluctance. <laughs> Firstly, does it surprise me that that trended for months?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. I think that's it. that was relevant in 2016, and it's probably still relevant now. It's often makes us feel uncomfortable and we don't necessarily like you know, people sort of cold calling us. Yeah, a strategy that I've always gone to and it's always good when you come back from a holiday or break and it provides connection, which makes us feel good, is just call your friends, call your family, call your mum and dad, call your sister, call your wife, and that just like gets you back on the pitch, gets you some momentum, builds your confidence, and then you go to, you know, some team network people, get yourself back into the groove. And then once you got your groove and your confidence up, yeah, then you then get back into them. But you just have to make them.
2: Yeah, great strategy, Alex. Did you want to add anything?
0: Yeah, just put some super glue onto your phone, <laughs> mush it onto the side of your head, <laughs> and uh, like I, I love uh, Will we Amesworth, our um, mate in Geelong. Um, you Will know, be just picks up the phone and just quickly dials the number. And then it gives him about 20 seconds to work out what he's going to say and just get the call in. Of course, you want to add value. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek. You want to make phone calls with a purpose, but
2: just make them. Yeah, absolutely. For all the reasons that we've talked about today, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Alex and Nathan, it's been fantastic to catch up with you again and I'm so, so pleased for you with your award, having gone through everything that you've been through in the last couple of years. And I want to thank you for also sharing some of those great tips and strategies for other agents on the podcast. You guys are always so super generous with your knowledge and sharing in the industry. So thank you for that as well. If there was one piece of final advice that you'd like to leave everyone with, what would it be?
0: Mine, at the moment, I did do a presentation to a group at their annual conference, was about riding the roller coaster and just learning to enjoy the journey. Yeah, mine, mine would be. Just make sure that you check in every day with the people that you love and give them a hug because you never know when life will change. So just make sure that all those people that you love the most, don't leave anything unsaid. If you need to tell them that you love them, pick up the phone today because you don't want to have any regrets.
2: Yeah, great advice from both of you. Alex, Nathan?
1: Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com.